0: This recording is intended for a specific individual and his father and also anybody else who derives any benefit from what I'm about to describe. It has to do with regeneration, and there are three techniques in a kind of medical viewpoint... I mean, there are other techniques that have nothing to do with medicine. Um, (laughs) There have been reports, as I recall, when I went to Maharishi International University back in the 70s, of people going on extended rounding courses. Rounding means... uh, One round means you do um, asanas, followed by pranayama, followed by meditation, followed by you lay down and rest. That's one round, and so you might do three rounds in the morning and three in the afternoon. And, you know, in the beginning, Maharishi didn't have rounds. When he had the Beatles over to his ashram in Rishikesh, he just told them to go meditate and don't come out until I tell you, you know. Um, so they didn't get a chance to flex their bodies, to break up the meditation. And he found that w- found out the hard way with re- Westerners. You have to do that. <laughs> we're used to being active. We're n- we're not like uh, an Easterner who maybe just sits around all day because they don't have anything to do. <laughs> anyway. So, um. Oh, so on extended rounding courses there are worse stories of people who spontaneously regenerated. Um. So I I guess you could. Classify TM as a potential for regeneration. But these other three techniques, um, one I've already mentioned to this 21-year-old 21, 21 comedian. I like to call him because I don't know his name. I thought I forgot his name, but he never gave it because somebody else ordered the ride for him. So, anyway. Um, so, the, 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 the one that I mentioned to him is probably the scariest because it involves pain and blood. There's no way around it. You have to puncture the skin, either with a needle. Let's say, uh, <coughs> let me give you an example. Dr. Pramod Vora has a website called space-something. I can't remember the second word to his website, .com. And he's stationed in Mumbai, India, but um, apparently has a clinic here on the West Coast. I don't know. Anyway, this bicyclist had a uh, bicycling accident with, uh, involving an automobile. And the way the hospital healed her hands is standard um, procedure. Her hands are totally covered in scar tissue. She cannot use her hands because if you know anything about scar tissue it, it's not flexible. And so she's got these claws in place of what used to be her hands. Now that's not much of a of a of a healing. <laughs> you know, that's more like a patchet job. So she came to Pramodvora and <clears throat> and he pricked her scar tissue in various places, kind of like uh, polka dot style, with a needle to draw blood. A, just a drop. He didn't puncture or sever any veins or arteries. He, he just wanted a drop of blood. And he did this two or three times a week, so not very often, for about three weeks. And the idea being... Oh, yes, and then he bandaged this affair with a very special dressing, um, soaked into the gauze, made of, I believe it was three ingredients, if I can remember what they were, colloidal silver, aloe vera, and gelatin. You know, you can buy pure gelatin in the supermarket, you know, it doesn't have any flavoring or sugar, um... And so I guess the gelatin was to hold it in place, I suppose, so it doesn't drip all over the place when you put the bandage on, and <laughs> then you end up with a gauze dressing that you tried to apply with a slight amount of pressure against the wounds, and, and you don't squeeze out all the good stuff that you want to be held intact in place against the wounds. So I guess that's the purpose of the gelatin, I really don't know. <laughs> Uh, the colloidal silver obviously to to um, deliver silver and colloidal silver I don't like it I don't use it anymore I don't make it except as a step in the direction of making um, silver hydro peroxide which is far superior so me personally I would use silver hydroperoxide. but silver hydro peroxide is a very weak bonded um, compound bonding hydrogen peroxide with silver and the hydrogen peroxide loses one hydrogen atom and uh, in its place is the silver. But it's very unstable. I mean, if you drink it, shoot it up your your colon, it's going to fall apart immediately and create gas. <laughs> um, and But absorption through the skin is possible. I used to take baths in it, because I made it <laughs> in, in vast quantity. And it regenerated my body, something ridiculous. It was... It was really far out. Unfortunately, I became intolerant of the people around me. Um, I fell into a rage, actually. I couldn't believe the stupidity of the people, how poorly they took care of their bodies. Um, So I had to stop, because I had to live with people. That's unfortunate. If I was a hermit, I'd I'd immediately go back to it. And if I had well water, because you really can't have any chemicals, man-made chemicals, in there to... with the silver hydroperoxide, But once I posted my data of learning how to make it, you know, I learned about it from reading the patents on the SilverSolutionUSA.com website. They like to boast they have a few patents. And I can't afford their silver tetraoxide. Maybe it's good stuff. I don't know. But I had to come up with my own method that was cost-effective and the equipment investment was not bad. It was um, probably a, a little over $1,000, some total. Um, let's see, where was I? <laughs> um, but since I posted the data, and that was back in um, 2017, I think it was, sixteen seventeen. Now, at that time, only one other person on the internet was talking about silver hydroperoxide. How much better it is than colloidal silver, just one, and me, two. Now you can buy it from, (coughs) sorry, from India Mart. Numerous companies are competing for your dollars to purchase the stuff. And they have different formats, you know... They have other things added to it for different purposes... But the truth of the matter is... You don't have to make it yourself anymore... You can buy it by the keg... You know, multiple kilograms... Or, what do they call it... Kiloliters... Of the stuff... By the drum, if you like, you know... I mean... <laughs> um, and it's... I, I'm impressed... Now, they'll never give credit to me, right? They give credit to their Indian culture is uh, very traditional, very conventional that they make use of silver in their Ayurveda. And that's probably true. That's So it's not important that I get any credit. And maybe uh, they didn't know about me. Maybe uh, something happened to the consciousness of this planet and they just woke up because I was using it. ...living in a Stapachevade building... ...which might have had some impact... ...or maybe the fact that I, <laughs> I was living in a building... ...associated with the TM movement... Uh, ...they didn't want to go there. Who knows the reason. fact of the matter is... ...now you can buy the stuff. You don't have to make it yourself. So no excuses. Yeah, Laziness. If you got the bucks. Why invest it in equipment... Uh, ...doing a procedure you've never done before... And it takes precision, you know. I'm, I'm a stickler for precision and following, you know, sequence. Because uh, I learned that as a teenager, fasting is the only reason why I succeeded in fasting completely. And there are less complete fasters on this planet than there are saints. That's how few of us there are. It's a very rare oddity to fast to completion. Most people <laughs> end up in the hospital, I'm told. Uh, with tubes sticking out of them. But uh, they don't think it's through, And they don't get the right teachers to help them do it on, on their own. Nor are they fortunate enough to be living with a teacher who's already done it and knows how. Uh, that was the case with a clinic in South Africa back in the day. She ran the clinic. Um, uh, Johanna Brunt... She wrote the little purple book called The Grape Cure. And I just memorized... You know, I was a kid. I could memorize anything at that <laughs> at that time in my life. So I just memorized the book from cover to cover. Anyway, I'm, I'm off topic. I still haven't covered the subject matter of this topic, of this recording. So, um... Yeah, I can see how I got off. It was colloidal silver. Um... But I'm getting ahead of myself, see? I'm segueing into my second um, topic. So there's nothing wrong with Becker's technique. In fact, his technique, Dr. Robert Otto Becker, M.D., wrote the book The Body Electric, and he documents in a broad way his 400 lab rat experiments amputating their, le- their legs, their limbs, and regenerating them at will. I mean, he could turn off regeneration midway through if he wanted to. And he was still using electricity, so that's why he was able to turn it off. Otherwise, if you don't use electricity, um, the body generates the correct voltages for regeneration, and uh, it just keeps going once you get it started. And that was Primo experience. So Primo Divora, with his technique, once... The regeneration happened after about three weeks of pricking the patient's hands all over to create a pot market, a polka dot um, arrangement of uh, blood coming out. He didn't have to do that anymore. All he had to do was apply fresh bandaging with fresh uh, dressing every day, at least once a day, if not twice a day, change the dressing, and before you knew it, that gal had normal hands the only thing missing was were her fingerprints, because that we don't acquire due to our genetics, we acquire them in the womb, with the amniotic fluid coursing over our fingers um, causing ripple marks to occur and in the form of our fingerprints so, in any case she got normal ha- her hands back she could use her hands now She got her nails, her hair follicles on the back side of her hand, everything came back to normal. So, um, that's Becker's technique, and it's, it's useful to point out, it's probably the best of any technique in the sense that you can pinpoint what you want to regenerate with precision and accuracy. You don't have to wonder whether or not the body will decide to regenerate something else rather than the thing in question that you want to regenerate. But it's at the cost of potential pain if you don't use a painkiller and blood. And I don't like either one. I'm so undoctorish. I was a doctor in a past life, at least one past life, but uh, probably more than one. <laughs> yeah, probably two. Um, so I have it in my blood, along with being a lawyer for two past lives. <laughs> Not that I'm proud of that. Um. But I am proud of having been a doctor. I like to uh, think of myself as a natural when it comes to uh, trying to investigate healing myself because it does kind of run in my past. And I'm thankful for it because I'm born sickly in this life, so it comes in handy. Anyway, so that's Becker's technique. The second one that I have segued into by mistake is silver hydroperoxide. If you, uh, let's say, put it in your ear canal, you're laying on your left side and you put it in your right ear canal and sit there for an hour or almost, um, you will regenerate your brain tissue adjacent to, nearby to that particular ear. And it's really cool because, um, it's an easy way to do it in small quantity. Um, but I was at one point making it in huge quantity, and I like to combine MSM because MSM is a potentizer of sorts, and it helps to preserve the integrity of the silver hydroperoxide. It makes it last a little bit longer. Now, just like colloidal silver, you have to store silver hydroperoxide in the dark, you know, in a cabinet, you know, away from direct sunlight, in a cool place, and it can last you for at least a year, if not more. Before it slowly comes out of solution in fo- the silver fault at the bottom of the uh, water jug. That's what I found. It's extremely stable, but only if it's not disturbed. <laughs> and so I would take baths in it, and then when I came out of the bath, I had to go take a nap, especially in the beginning because um, my body was just so fatigued from the healing process while it was in the bath that I just had to take a nap. Um, I suspect that's what happened. Because the the, the, abil- the the desire to fall asleep was not while I was in the bath. So it shows that the body was very active in its healing procedure or something. I don't know. <laughs> I better not speculate. I really don't know what was going on. Anyway, so that's my experience with silver hydroperoxide. Now, there's a third way that might help focus healing in the area in question. and I'll, And I'll start off, before I describe it, well... In the course of describing it, I'll start off with a story. Real-life, true-to-life story. A friend of mine had a wet aneurysm. If you know anything about wet aneurysms, a blood vessel of some kind bursts inside the brain, and you have internal bleeding. Now, how do you go about stopping something like that when it's inside the brain, you know? (laughs) You know, like close to the core? (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) So he's in the ER, and... I found out afterwards when he left the ER that they don't expect patients in the ER to survive. They expect them to die. And now in hindsight, I can see why, because their hands are tied. Magnetic resonance imaging is a beautiful device, but the AMA has designated it as a diagnostic tool only. It is not for therapy. And this is a pity because it was the only thing keeping him alive at that point they were taking imaging of his brain to see the progress of the bleeding that they could not stop and it was keeping him alive it was keeping his vital signs up he was visiting with people talking to people but the minute they found a metal pin in his arm from a accident he had a few years back rollerblading uh, or no skateboarding trying to do uh, learn how to skateboard without a helmet or anything pads or anything. He leaned on his arm when he fell to the ground and broke his forearm, I believe it was, or his wrist. Might have been his wrist, I can't remember. Might have been the forearm. And so the hospital put a metal rod in his arm. It's bad they didn't put a plastic one. Um, Because at this point, when when the MRI people discovered this rod, they said, oh shit, you know, we can't keep this up with a rod in his (laughs) hand. Maybe his hand will... uh, be attracted to his anyway so they stopped the minute they stopped his vital star signs started to slip and he went into a coma a few days later and they continued to slip he was dying all because the they were not giving him MRI anymore as a diagnostic tool and they were not allowed to perform its use apply its use for therapy. It could have kept him alive. Good God. I'm telling you, I'm sick of the medical establishment because the AMA is not a scientific body. They are affiliated with government, unfortunately. They have ties with government, which makes them all powerful. And then everybody thinks they're a scientific body because of the power they wield. But they are not a scientific body. They are a workers' union whose members are the doctors' as they want to protect and foster and improve their income stream so they can retire early onto the golf course they don't care about us, the AMA they care about their members and they will do whatever's best for their members whatever they can get away with and we're so screwed we're ignorant we have no idea how we're being screwed because we think they're a scientific body no way They are a workers' union only. That's as far as it goes. And they they make policy for how the medical establishment performs its service because they are a governmental body. That's what happens when you get a cartel between a commercial interest and a government. That's what you call... uh, It starts with an F... Um, it's what the Nazis are called, fascist. That's what you call a fascist form of government. But, see, our government is not fascist. It's a plug-in variety. You can plug in anything you like. You can plug in communism, socialism, and we have it. It's sequestered. You won't find out about it, but it's all there. Every form of government you can imagine is plugged into ours because ours caters to everyone who's got the bucks to talk and the influence already and they want some more more power anyway enough about them <laughs> so um, so this story okay so I brought him back to life unfortunately I was not using the appropriate magnetic pulsing device to do the job What I did was, I uh, woke up in like 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, slipped out of bed without waking my honey, who we remain on good terms so long as as we're at a distance, (laughs) because I'm a little traumatized from the experience, but um, we're still on good terms, we text each other, blah, 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 we make-believe we're friends. I know she uh, is not make-believing, but um, anyway... So, um, and then I took my SOTA instruments, S-O-T-A, from Canada, and they've been pushed out of this country, by the way. They used to be on our side of the border. Now they're on the Canadian side of the border. Um, They've been hounded out of this country, basically. Yet their device is not the best device in the world, because, you know, when you're dealing with capacitive discharge if you have a low frequency and their device is one pulse, one discharge every six seconds, then the capacitor has a chance to store up a lot of charge before it discharges. And when it does, and apply it to somebody's brain with it, uh, who's in the AR, it's like a hammer. Unlike the other two uh, devices that are made for... Any kind of application anywhere on the body, such as HorsePulsar.com, uh, I think it's called. The guy, in order not to get in trouble with the FDA, he uh, markets his device uh, for use on horses, and uh, he charges half the price of the Diapulse. Diapulse.net, I think it's called. Um, you know, he only charges twelve and a half thousand, and Diapulse charges twenty-five thousand but he's a physicist so he knows what he's doing when he designed his unit and um, it's for horses you know people, owners of horses who have um, good grief <laughs> who have lots of money to spend on their horses their thoroughbreds and whatnot for injuries healing injuries so um, they can afford it and people who have money who are desperate, they can afford to get a diapulse. There are a few diapulse units in county hospitals, but they're in the basement. Because they don't want anybody to use them, to have access to know about them. The doctors to know about them, for that matter. Um, so you really have to buy it for your own use. You can't expect to go to some hospital and expect them to... Have, even though insurance will pay for it, if you've got Medi-Cal Part A or B or both, you will you, your treatments will be covered. But that's if they make it available for your use. <laughs> even though they've got it in their hospital, I found out they had one in the basement of the county hospital in L.A. A lot of good that would do anyone, you know. Even though I've got Medi- Medicare uh, Medicare Medicare Part A and B, <clears throat> anyway. So you really have to buy it, and it is pricey, but the diapulse people, they're not afraid of the FDA. They don't have to hide the fact that they're selling it to people because they have scientific data to back up their claims that it has been used on quadriplegics who suffered from spinal cord injuries that put them in a wheelchair. You know, they were in an auto accident or something. And they got up out of the wheelchair and could walk again. So they have documentation. The uh, horse pulser guy does not, because he's selling it to horse owners. So, you know, he doesn't try to defend himself. He just stays clear of the FDA, period. But the Diet Pulse people are out there in center stage, and they are willing and able to defend themselves. So, they don't have any issues with the FDA, and the FDA can't find any fault with them. <laughs> if they've got scientific articles printed up in journals uh, documenting the healing that magnetic pulsing can do. Now, I don't know about the Diapulse, but the horse pulser frequency is a 1,000 cycles per second. So instead of a big hammer hitting you of magnetic pulse, it's more like somebody's pinky tapping you. You know, it's and so it's not going to do any damage. So what happened to my friend was there was a side effect, unfortunately, and that is that um, he immediately had to go into surgery to remove a section of his skull because the cerebrospinal fluid surrounding the spinal cord and the brain is kind of like inside a sort of amniotic sac. And so they removed the skull, and so the sac could expand out through the hole in the skull, and it looked kind of weird <laughs> seeing him like that, um, to relieve the pressure on his brain. Once the pressure went down, he, he still kept his vital signs. He's, he stayed alive. I brought the guy back to life. He left a com- comatose state, and they put the section of skull back, and they took him out of ER and they put him in a room and I went to visit him And because he, I don't think he was conscious at the time that they did that surgery um, he might have been sleeping or something um, but I met him, he was awake and first thing he said what happened, <laughs> I told him what I did and then the next words out of his mouth were very curious thank you very much don't ever do that again. <laughs> wow. Is that a thank you, or is that something else? I don't know. <laughs> How do you uh, thank somebody and then criticize them at the same time? I don't know. Anyway, because he believes in the medical establishment, just like my mom. 100%. And so they don't want to create any animosity between themselves and the medical establishment. Well he was incapable he chose to be incapable of taking care of himself that's why he got the aneurysm in the first place and you know all of us well-meaning friends and associates of his tried to warn him and uh, oh no no blah 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 you know nothing but hogwash came out of his mouth he was going to spend his good karma until it was spent and that's exactly what happened people like that think of the doctor profession as a privilege in our society such that you need not take care of yourself go to the doctor just like you need not take care of your car go to the car mechanic and if he can't take care of it he'll refer you to somebody else just like the doctor well i have a certain pride probably because of my past lives In which I take care of myself first, and only if I want a doctor to diagnose me, not treat me, only then will I go see him. Because 20 years ago, I was poisoned with antifreeze. And I did apricot kernels for two years before I went to see an oncologist. And only then. And I was in better shape. I was dying two years prior. Then, at least, I was keeping myself alive, although... (laughs) The apricot kernels were not working, but uh, so well. They only worked when I was on a raw food diet. The minute I went to cook food, my candida came back, and that released the poison prematurely, and I was poisoning myself. But that's a problem when you have candida in your gut. You cannot use apricot kernels. And a lot of us do have candida in our gut. And we're told, oh, don't eat too many. Well, that's a bunch of bullshit. If you have candida in your gut, you shouldn't be eating any. Um, It has nothing to do with quantity being, you know, paucity being safer. You just shouldn't be using it. Now, if you sleep in a freezing cold room at night with fresh air coming in, you might be able to get away with a cooked food diet and candida in your gut because candida flourishes at night when we sleep. But that's because most of us sleep with the windows closed. I met a family who kept the windows open. I don't know if it was all day, but at least it was all night. It was freezing as hell in there. I couldn't believe anybody sleeping like that with all the windows in their home open, wide open. But it keeps, it suppresses candida in the gut. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so he looked at my blood under the microscope after he uh, examined the blood panel. Um, you know, the blood test. And he said, oh, you're borderline at risk. Borderline at risk. Kind of nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> After two years of uh, self-treating myself, anyway. So, <clears throat> how did I get off on this? Ah, magnetic pulsing. Well, so, it is possible that I think with a combination of of <clears throat> silver hydroperoxide absorbs through the skin in quantity, in vast quantity, to saturate the body with silver hydroperoxide. And then magnetic pulsing at a thousand cycles per second, thereabouts, it may be possible to heal just about anything. Because the silver will stimulate production of stem cells like crazy. Just like when we were younger than 10 years of age. No more than 10. Because prior to reaching the age of 10 our body was full of stem cells after age of 10 it starts slipping for the rest of our lives and that's why we get old it's not the telomeres at the end of the DNA it's the damn lack of stem cells we had a humongous amount of stem cells while we were a fetus in our mother's tummy because we needed them um, actually no No, that's not right. Now that I think of it. No, because that section of our DNA was awake. There was no need to wake it up. Um, And so we were already creating stem cells by default condition just because of conception having that impact. <clears throat> okay, sounds that real. But once we were born, um, we retain that high quantity of stem cells up until the age of ten, and then it just goes out the window. It's interesting in our, in um, Vedic uh, tradition. They don't teach TM, or excuse me, they don't teach meditation to a young boy. They don't. They, they never teach it to a, a woman. Maharishi broke rank with doing that. But they don't teach meditation to young boys until they reach the age of 10. And I learned from a the, the, uh, magazine called Discover or Discovery back around 1980. They had an article in which they scientifically verified that a girl's nervous system finishes development at age 9 and a boy's nervous system finishes development at age 10. So Maharishi just says, hey, look, everybody, you know, <laughs> starts TM. Uh, the, the sitting technique at age 10 so they don't have little boys jealous of the little girls uh, starting a year earlier. Um, if he was aware of that, I don't know. He just made a blanket approach to both genders. Um, he probably found out eventually and that's probably why the article got written or he would have found out when it was written because, you know, when you've got cosmic consciousness, you've got a kind of global sense for collective consciousness of the planet. So when something happens at one side of the planet, you'll find it. You'll you'll find out. Um, I used to be in touch with Jodie Foster because I was so much enamored of her when I was a child. A lot of us were, you know. Who knew she was gay? (laughs) But uh, I got the inception of the idea that she was going to make a movie, and uh, I thought because of that inception of the idea that I was somehow involved. Well, I was, but only in terms of perception, not in terms of anything else. So I'm packing to leave, you know, and I put the pack by the door, and uh, my mom asked, what are you doing? And, was, and I didn't want to say. Good, because I was pretty embarrassed afterwards. I had to take the pack away when I realized I'm not going. And it turned out to be Hotel New Hampshire was the movie with Kevin Klein, with a bunch of nutcases living, uh, renting rooms out of a hotel. And, it, and the hotel was white, and it turns out when I lived in the similar building in Ramona, I felt like I was filled with nutcases. Some, some of those roommates of mine were nutcases. So I was involved, but in a metaphoric sense. She was previewing my future. Little did I know, decades later. Um, anywho, so that's what ha- can happen. You can be in touch with people's minds, especially public figures who are used to putting themselves out there in the public Um, View, um, it makes it much easier because they have to open themselves up to the public, you know they have to be sensitive or else they lose their job they don't get a movie made (laughs) you know, actors in any case anyway well, I'm not in touch with her anymore (laughs) I lost that Um, I don't miss it, you know I'm in touch with other people electrical engineers, you know They're my my idols that I worship. Um, anywho. So, um, I guess I've covered everything. So, three types of regenerative techniques that the medical establishment could take hold of, but refuses to. For reasons of its own, let's leave it at that. Not that I didn't already go into details earlier in this recording. But, um that kind of finishes it up so if I embarrass any, any of you I'm, I'm, that's my intention because it's a shame and a pity that this knowledge is not well known and let me, let, me, let me finish with another story true to life on the website educate-yourself.org there you go to forward slash B as in boy E as in Edward and that stands for blood electrification he tells the story of what happened to an interesting pair of researchers, Lyman and Kali, or Kali and Lyman, K-A-A-L-I, Lyman, L-Y-M-A-N. They were funded by a pharmaceutical house to find a way to use humans, not animals, to incubate a vaccine for HIV. And... They thought to my, themselves, okay, we got to weaken the virus so it doesn't kill the patient, right? So that the patient can develop antibodies and then we can develop a vaccine. Well, they weakened, they chose their method of weakening to be electricity. So they would take the blood out of the patient and pass it between two plates and electrify it and then put it back in the patient, kind of like a dialysis methodology. And lo and behold, they discovered they didn't need a vaccine to, to be developed because if you do that non-stop for five months the over the course of that uh, of the uh, the electrification process and every nine minutes all the blood volume of the body passes um, through any point on the body so in nine minutes all of the blood of the body will, would pass between those two plates and it had the an interesting impact on the virus, their retrovirus of HIV. It arrested the ability for the protein coat of that retrovirus to puncture the patient's cell to make copies of itself. And then, you know, when it makes copies of itself, it's more than base 2 exponentiation. It's like base a 1,000 or something or a million. There's no way the poor little white blood cells of the body can deal with that on a one-by-one basis, attacking each and every virus. No way. And so the person succumbs and dies. But because of the arrest of the, va- the, the paralysis, shall we say, of the protein coating of the virus not being able to puncture the, puncture the cells of the body, so long as it was the blood was constantly electrified, um, the white blood cells could take out the viruses one at a time. And in five months, the, per- the patient was cleared, tested, the blood tested negative for HIV retrovirus. And they published, they couldn't publish their findings in a normal magazine, you know, a, a peer review magazine. They, they, they were not accepted. Their findings were not accepted, even though they did thorough, you know, documentation. They had to do it in a kind of off magazine. And that's the way I published my findings about um, free energy. I, As luck would have it, uh, I got offered to publish, well, to present my findings at a database conference of all things. So whereas everybody else at the conference was uh, making their presentation about database, I was talking about free energy. <laughs> that is the only way it could work. And uh, I did it in an outside publishing house they didn't I didn't have to you know they're competing for uh the dollars you know the the United States publishing house will charge you three four thousand dollars to publish a peer review in one of their electrical engineering um magazines journals but this outside venue only charged me 250 and they liked it so much they uh they said can you uh write up a Uh, rework your article, don't say anything new, just, you know, rework it, you know and we'll publish it uh, again, for free so, the first one you know, the presentation they put on YouTube, but um, as part of their, um, what do you call it their uh, playlist for the various presentations, I was the last one of the the weekend um, I think I was the last one, I was the penultimate one um, but then we were uh, you know, expected to write up something, obviously, and so mine got published in the electrical engineering section of their journal, not in the computer database section. And my uh, extended reworking got published in the physics because I had decided, they, they, told, they offered me, well, we'll publish it either the physics or the electrical engineering, because I was kind of mixing both in my first article, but I gave it a physics slant right off the bat in my extended version and so they published it in their physics section you won't find it it's DOI number at the DOI.org website though you won't find it it has a DOI number but it's not (coughs) listed and you can guess all you like to uh, and speculate I have no clue why that is I never contacted them maybe I should but I'm of the ilk that I don't bother because I'm used to this sort of thing. I've been locked out of so many forums and that my accounts uh, canceled and uh, message threads terminated uh, so many times. It's like uh, I don't even bother to fight stuff like that. I mean, if they want to come out and argue, debate, fine. I'll take them on any, t- any day of the week. And the most they can hope for is a draw like tic-tac-toe because they won't win. Uh, no matter how hard they try because now I know all their arguments I've learned them by putting myself out there on forums who have um, the position that is conventional because I want to learn their point of view I want to learn their arguments and figure out why they're wrong if they are wrong or learn something from them either way I come out ahead I grow And that's what I've done. And it was stressful when I did it, but I knew I had to. I got a training you won't get under formal training because I got both sides. I got my side that I was learning on my own and the opposition side, the conventional wisdom of electrodynamics and physics for that matter. (laughs) I can't convince anyone (laughs) who's formally trained. They're so brainwashed. Anyway, I'm way off topic here. But uh, you can tell I'm holding a grudge, yeah. I'm like a lone wolf howling at the wind. Because that's all I'm howling at. It's just a wind. A lot of hot air. Of lies. Anyway. Or ignorance. Either one. Um... Well, that has nothing to do with regeneration. Um... But it's... A kind of indicative of what goes on in our society. Um... It's really pandemic. Lies, ignorance, misrepresentation. I mean, it's really pandemic. I mean, I could go on and on about all the lies I've learned about because I'm an activist since the age of 15. I'm a research person since the age of four. So, I mean, I started studying people right away. Their psychology, how they abuse the language to abuse one another mentally, through their abuse of the language and speech, the power of speech. I mean, it's remarkable what I learned from my own family (laughs) right away. And it appalled me that I was born in such a universe that, I mean, I felt that there's no need for us to compete for limited jobs if we stopped taking the same job as everyone else but if we picked something that needed improvement, something in society that nobody else has touched, and work at improving it. Well, no one's going to pay you, right? So we have to live in a Star Trek universe in which money doesn't mean anything anymore and we're all out looking out for each other's common good. Because only under those situ- situation would you bother to do what I'm describing, so you can tell my mind is not in the present tense and that's why I'm considered loco (laughs) en la cabeza because I'm just too far ahead of everyone I could care less about money what I care about is the shortcomings in society and that's why I rant the way I do because I care about everyone suffering due to ignorance and lies both It's really a shame and a pity. But we feed it. We maintain it by going after the same job. We compete for limited dollars from limited jobs instead of going and picking something that nobody else has picked and try to make improvements. Learn about it, get to the bottom of it, and then make improvements. But nobody really thinks that way. I guess nobody has the creative motivation to think that way. But that's the way I think. I've been thinking that way since the age of four, and I'm not about to stop because it means too much to me. There's so many things. We have enough shortcomings globally to keep everyone busy working at something different to improve upon it and still have problems and shortcomings left over to spare. And that is not a stretch of the imagination. Yet we don't do that.